Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Support for Outlaws and Gunslingers on the Creative yeah. Control Network is brought to you by Manscaped, yeah. who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Ooh. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. Ooh, I like you it. heard that right, the 4.0. Oh. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off, that's right, I said 20% off, and free worldwide shipping free. with the code OUTLAWS at Manscaped.com. That is code OUTLAWS at Manscaped.com. Well, imagine shaving with a sleek, well-designed, and optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom. Ooh, well, I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0, and I'm blown away by the performance. I really am. The uh, craftsmanship and details on the 4.0 are next level. Here's uh, a little uh, selling point for you guys. You guys ever tried to use, like, regular hair clippers with no guard and tried to shave your balls? I guarantee you're going to nick them because it happened to me. Don't ever try to shave your balls with a regular, like, hair clippers. Yeah, oh yeah, it was uh, trust me, blood on the floor, and the <laughs> wife ain't gonna be happy. So this new 4.0 is gonna save you uh, a little bit of uh, pain, and it's gonna save your day. Well, nobody wants Nick balls. Well, you're just in luck there, because Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by mm. focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Their fourth generation trimmer. Features a cutting edge ceramic blade. <laughs> no pun intended, huh? <laughs> <laughs> ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. That's trademarked, by that the way. So don't you feel like, don't you go over there and try to steal it, people. Right. I now, me, myself, I feel confident shaving my balls. Me too, because this upgraded trimmer includes a multi function on off switch that can engage a travel lock. Ooh. It also gives you the ability to turn the 4000. KLED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. It's got, a, it's got a flashlight so you can see your gooch or your taint or whatever you guys call that place. <laughs> Ain't that crazy? Well, the Lawnmower 4.0 even allows you to customize your trim to additional guard lengths with sizes. Guess what? One through four. I recommend you guys don't do anything over one because <laughs> unless you're a Bushman. <laughs> I'm a Bushman. Maybe, maybe two, I bet, would be. Decent. Yeah, two maybe. All right. Uh, did I mention wireless charging? We didn't, but we do now because the new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can, which can help battery link last longer, so uh, oh, longer uh, shave times in between charges. Man, if you've been shaving with same nut trimmer on your face, you've been doing it wrong. No person wants to end up with the pubes in their mouth. Which leads to my point about using a regular hair shaver right. down you, there. You have two of them. I have two different shavers. Well, right I have one. and uh, Well, not right now. But uh, before I got Well, before I got the Manscaped 4.0, right. So, and speaking of no person wants to end up in pubes in their mouth, your, your, uh, your significant other definitely don't <laughs> want to end up with pubes in their mouth because uh, that would be the last time she goes down there. Well, right. it's time to get your own ball in here, body trimmer with Manscaped, to make me time the best time, and enhance your confidence with some nice, smooth boys. Smooth boys. I'm some smooth boys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code OUTLAWS at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you.
Once again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code OUTLAWS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code OUTLAWS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. You're listening to Outlaws and Gunslingers, the only podcast covering all of America's infamous criminals. From the Wild West to the Mafia, all the way up to the ruthless street gangs of today. Brought to you exclusively by the Creative Control Network. Here are your hosts, the Mouthy Michiganders, Bang and Dang. Welcome back to Outlaws and Gunslingers. We are nearing the end of the Prohibition era. What, two, three episodes maybe? I don't know. I'm stopping saying that because every time I say that, I I go find some more info for another episode, so... Less than five, I'll give you that. Right, and we're getting to the bottom of it. And uh, Prohibition Era is probably my second best uh, subject so far in Outlaws and Outsingers. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, that was Wow Wow West and his Prohibition. Wow Wow West. Wow Wow West. If you notice, the Wow Wow West, we we span from 1850 to 1900. Maybe 1910 was like our latest. Well, if you want to get technical Wyatt Earp died in like 19 what 30 something right. 40 something right. whatever it was yeah so we spent 50 years on the wild wild west and we're spending 10 years from every other fucking uh <laughs> 10 to 15 years on any other uh uh category well i don't know a lot of these prohibition ones have started in the 15 19 right early teens so going and when they 33 34 right? i mean and we, we always talk about their later life so we're going into the 50s 40s and mm. 60s some cases some cases you know so i get it it's working out it's kind of where you it's kind of where their main crimes take place but you know, um, i mean it's a biography of the people what i've liked so far is the uh the advancement in life but not really you know what i mean like everything still was the same as Wild West, but it was just you had cars. Now you got electricity in most places, probably more places than not. I guess in the twenties, everywhere, right? Um, you got telephones now, and you got uh, silent movies are starting to come about right about now. So what in the twenties? Yeah, silent movies been around since like nineteen oh five. Yeah, but like movies, movies where they got better and better. It was like 1920s where you really start watching movies. I tried watching a movie the other day from 19, 19, like 11 or something like that. And I mean, I guess back then it would have been phenomenal, right? Seeing something on screen like that. But it doesn't compare if you watch something from like 1920 to 1930. It doesn't compare. Because of course it's not anything. Just like you watch something from the 1930s, it's not going to compare to... Well, nineteen fucking sixties, well, you know, keeps going online. Well, that stops at like nineteen uh, in the sixties, really, because you can watch a movie from the sixties, actually fifties. You can watch movies from fifties, sixties on up, and be way more interested in it than anything today, really. Eh. And it'd be better, fucking better product, better acting. The only thing is, if you notice though, the women and the men all talk and act the same. You know what I mean? It's weird. They have the same accent. Hey, my dear. Right. And they all, back then, it was all talking in the same. But it was good shit. Where are we going with this? We're not going anywhere with this. <laughs> We're just, just saying that it's fascinating how different 
you know how different how different eras are different <laughs> right we just what? left the it's well, not, really, not really that fascinating it's called evolution well we just left the the what the thing is we jumped like i said 30 40 years because wild wild west we really only focused around 1860 to 1890 really never even ventured into the 1900s or anything maybe like to talk about when they died or something but the main part of the stories were in 1800 still, and now we're jumping up to like the 1920s, 1925, 1930s. It's totally well, different. Yeah, but a lot of these guys, are, their crime and shit starts in the early teens. So. Right. I mean, but the major part of the stories are in the 20s. All right. Prohibition. <laughs> right. And <laughs> if you go back to our Wild West, like I said, the major part of the stories were like the 1870s, 1880s, 1890s. So you're talking 30 year, 30 to 40 year difference. But like I said too, there's so many similarities, similarities, so many uh, similarities. But it's also 100 percent different at the same time. If you catch my drift there, right? The way I see it, I think it's getting more organized and more. Uh, how can I go from more than organized? More organized, well, it more. Just, it obviously more is getting, established. It's getting more organized because prohibition was the rise of organized crime, right? So, Getting more organized. You're more, onto something there, bud. More organized, more ten, established. Ten episodes but, into Prohibition, you're finally figuring it out. <laughs> but it's like, it's not these little fucking uh, little boom towns anymore. Now we're going into right, these big, big cities. It's big time. Right. Going into these big cities. So you got guys running uh, three boom towns, basically, in, in midst of the city where another guy uh, three blocks down is running the same. Like Chicago... New York, Detroit, back in the day. Oh, I'm, I mean, I'm willing to bet little towns that were all throughout the United States during Prohibition probably had their uh, right, but they're still getting infamous ran. criminals and fucking uh, bootleggers right. that were running but, them little towns. But, but at the very top, it was still getting ran by a main guy in a big city. Like, let's say, no, not yeah. not in like the not in like the deep south or even still in oh, the west at this time. I don't know about the deep south. Yeah, I'm saying Midwest where we're at. Oh, of course, all that. Yeah. But you know, no, no, down like Alabama or like Missouri or something. Or still like Arizona, Nevada, all that. Right. I'm sure, sure during the 1920s, Arizona, Nevada, and all that shit was still fucking uh, doing whatever. Still fucking pretty wild. I right, would I would say so. That's why, I was like, we need to find out more about that. Wild Wild West in the 1920s during Depression era. But there's a fucking a couple little stories on that. It's just fascinating. I mean, every little every little category that we're gonna jump into from here on out is just gonna be. We're never going to want to leave the category. It's going to be like, there's got to be more. That's the way I feel now. Even with Wild Wild West, I wasn't really ready. I was like, oh, man, I'm going to guess. There's plenty more we can do with the Wild Wild West. But now we're in Prohibition era, and guess what? We've been talking about uh, El Capone, Nookie. We've been talking about, uh, um, I forget all their names that we even talked about. Bugsy. Yeah, Bugsy. Talk about Luciano. We talked about the Purple Gang. We talked about um, John Ashley. John Bill Ashley. McCoy. The, was he? He's the Gator guy. Ashley's the Gator guy. King no. Everglades. No, that's yeah. Uh, Wait. Yeah. No, that was Bill McCoy. No, Bill yes. McCoy wasn't King of Everglades. Yes, he was. No, Bill McCoy was. Oh yeah, the real Wait. McCoy. Ashley. Yeah. Right. 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 Ashley was the King of the Everglades. Yeah, we got Bill McCoy. You guys ever heard the real McCoy? That shit is the real McCoy right there. That's because of this boy down in Florida transported. He used international waters to his uh, to his favor. George Remus. George Remus. Everybody knows George Remus. Yeah. Now you do. Uh, we had a serial killer in there, didn't we? 
for the Wild West. We didn't release that on here. We had, we did H H Holmes. We did H H, but not H. H. for Holmes. this platform. That could be a different show. That's in the works, there, guys. I mean, back up. Anyhow, anywho, fucking around. Who cares? You guys know what we did. We're focusing on women. Everybody knows that uh, men ran shit. Well, like I said, there's a significance to this in our. 30 whatever episodes we've done so far we haven't nothing's we've done never done an episode right. how do we not do women? a calamity jane for fucking wild west yeah her story wasn't really that she was a scout for the army and went to deadwood that's right love that nothing you can really say about her so we're talking about women of prohibition <laughs> on this episode we, we all sure are. know that women bootleggers were not unheard of mm. in fact in fact there may have been more women bootleggers than men here's why okay the women were the women of moonshine had substantial a- a- advantages over men. Yeah, they had tits and pussy. Right. For starters, they had tits and pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no. For starters, they were much harder to detect and arrest than men were, simply because it was illegal to search a woman in those days. So, I mean, right. How many women cop were there, first of all? Right. So it's not like you can call on a woman to search right. these people. Back then, it was still, you had to stand up when a woman walked into a room. Right. Ma'am. All that good shit. Women took full advantage of this and actually hid moonshine in their persons. Some even taunted law enforcement to search, search them. Search me, motherfucker. I bet you won't. We ain't got nothing. I think it's on you, ma'am. Well, search me, oh, then, if you think it's me. on me. Nah. <laughs> like, nah, we know it is. Also in their favor was the fact that juries of the day were hesitant to convict a woman of uh, the crime of bootlegging. Right. Well, they simply refused to believe that a woman could do such a thing. No. Yeah, you weren't. No, no judge No judge would hear a case like that. Ain't no way Betsy is doing that. She's too good of a woman. Right. The, the, because because they even know, even if she was, she was being coerced by right. The men, right? So. Well, women were less likely to be suspected of practicing the craft of moonshine, but history tells the story of many women who did just that. And we're going to cover course. them right here. Well, these women kept a low, prof- ro- low profile and were not confrontational. Of course if not. a woman was caught, she had a hard time convincing the sheriff that the discovered still was really hers. Right. So, so even if she admitted to it. Right. Like you got me, it's mine. There's no uh, way. no way, man. Who's there's, backing you? Right. There's no way that you're doing this now, all on your own, here, ma'am. ma'am. Mm-hmm. You're okay. We're here for you. Right. Is he hitting you? <laughs> yeah. Is you he tell us? Is we'll, he doing we'll any harm you. for you? I'm telling you, you got every immunity ever. We know you ain't doing nothing wrong. Just let us know. <laughs> she like she's like, listen here, you stupid bastard. <laughs> she goes and like fucking stills everything and uh, makes a bottle of moonshine real quick in front of their eyes. Like nah, <laughs> no, still don't believe it. No. <laughs> No. You're a woman. You can't do anything that a man can do. Right. Well, many times male bootleggers would hire women to ride along with them on the moonshine deliveries because they knew the police were less likely to stop them with the woman in the car, which is very true back then. Right. Unless you're in like in a high trafficking area, then you have to be suspect, right? Then you, you have would, to. You would suspect. have to. You would have to assume that police knew. And plus, they know you. So well, that you on. would have to assume that police knew women were fucking used as traffickers. I think they did. I think they did. Hmm. Well, the word on the street was that no decent federal agent would hold up a car that uh, had a woman in it. <laughs> okay. Well, see, in those days, there were alcohol smuggling syndicates. They knew about the legal loopholes involving women and illegal alcohol. So they recruited women to work with them. And as time went on, women bootleggers outnumbered men five to one. Five to one. That was the first mistake. Right. Well... 
there's many, many, like uh, we just said, bootleggers here. We're going to profile eh, about four or five of them, a couple of them with some major stories, major women in the uh, in the fold, about four or five of these uh, women. Right. There's way more, and they're... Uh, I'm pretty sure so there's a movie I watched not too long ago where uh, a guy back in the 20s was like a private investigator, and he came into this small town, and a woman was actually running the fucking... Uh, Operation. Yeah, operation. Yeah, and he was like, "This is part of me. It's just weird." And also, it reminds me of the uh, of the Sopranos episode when he goes to Italy too. <laughs> he's like, "It's just weird that you're fucking running this shit. Are you fucking serious?" And he's like, "I'm gonna fuck you." And she's like, "No, you're not." No. Yeah, she took over because her dad died. Right. And second of all, she's the one that wanted to fuck Tony. Right. And Tony said no. I know it was. I was just saying if you fucking knew. Oh, of course, I know. I'm an expert. I watched the whole series once. But that was, <laughs> but that was, uh, that right there wasn't her wanting to fuck him. There was, there's, she's, she was a smart bitch. No, she wanted to fuck him. Yeah, but the, yeah, but there's also other agendas. No, she wanted to fuck him. Well, she wanted to fuck him, but she also knew she was smart enough to know there's other things that could happen because of this. She wanted to fuck him. Right. What do you mean other things that could happen? She didn't fuck him and sent one of her best guys to go with him to America. That's because that gave her even more. Isn't that ironic? That gave her even more respect for him. Isn't that ironic? Right. She wanted to fuck him, send one of his best guys over to America with her that wanted to fuck his wife. (laughs) Yeah, and then she, and they both wanted to fuck each other. Yeah. Then he's like, look, I gotta get the fuck out of here. He's like, I already know. Uh, I'm gonna get my ass killed. If this uh, mob out in the United States is as bad as it is in uh, Italy, I'm dead. Well, he'd already been there. Right. And killed a bunch of people for Tony, and yeah, they've already still, been doing a bunch of shit. Yeah, but still, he knew that's how smart he was. I think he was already, I think he was there when Pussy got killed, wasn't he? Not like on the boat, but no, he, he was, was He was in America. I don't know if he was in America well, at that He might have been. I don't know if he, he might have been. He might have been. But like I'm saying, though, when he got there, he thought he could have been, oh, you know, it's America. And he's like, oh, no, this is the same mob that's in Italy. Yeah, I got to go. I'll be back where I fucking, uh, to be protected because here I'm dead. Well, he went back to Italy when his dad died or whatever, or his grandma died. And he, knew and he talked to his dad, and right. uh, he was like, I fell in love with the boss's wife. And his dad was like, they'll fucking kill you, dude. Right. And that's when he came back mm-hmm. and then was like, yeah, I'm leaving. Well, where when he came back, he was instantly different. Yeah. yeah. You can't do that. That's he, well, remember, he, bought, he brought the kids' gifts, and right. uh, Carmela was all excited looking in the bag and didn't see nothing for her. Yeah. So she was like, oh. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but enough of the Sopranos fucking uh, review. Mm. <laughs> like I said, we're profiling at least about five or six women here. First one of those women's called Maggie Bailey, who was known as the Queen of Mountain Queen of the Mountain Bootleggers. Hey, uh, Maggie Bailey began making moonshine at the age. So she's of- right down in uh, Kentucky and uh, Tennessee and uh, shit like that, West Virginia. Right? Well, Maggie Bailey began making moonshine at the age of seventeen, and it became her life's work. She lived in Clovertown in Harlan County, Kentucky. Hey. People in the community of Clovertown loved Maggie. She yeah. would help anyone who had fallen on hard times and even help some send some local kids to college. Of course she did. Well, Maggie looked like anyone's grandmother. Right. She wore a dress. She wore a house dress and an apron every single day. So this bitch. And she well, was. This chick is just, uh, yeah, your average your, your average granny on the she street. She cared about everybody, but she also knew the bullshit, and she was mean enough to take care of the bullshit. You know what I mean? She was like uh, people. Everybody loved uh, Joe Gotti, John Gotti, Joe Gotti, yeah, Joseph Gotti, John Gotti. Everybody loved him. Streets were safer when he was around. I mean, there's plenty of interviews if you look. Yeah, they're all Italian Americans, but, but so what? They're fucking citizens, right? 
Yeah, we've covered this before. Maggie Bailey never drank, but continued to sell moonshine well into her 90s. All right, Maggie. She called herself an old bootlegger. When you're doing it in your 90s, I would would think you would consider yourself old. Oh, I'm just an old bootlegger. I'm I'm just an old bootlegger. You don't an old bootlegger. Don't worry about it, baby. She says she started selling moonshine to help her family make ends meet. Oh, is that what? If, If you were in the market for a batch, all you had to do was pull around the back of her house, and she'd load you up a truck. All you wanted. Load you up your truck. Right. Anything you wanted in that truck, it's loaded. <laughs> well, Maggie never sold to children or people that she called drunkards. So never any, you know. Ain't no fucking. This wasn't a crack no, house. This wasn't a or, dope house. It's not a liquor store. Right. Or, yeah. Like, ain't no fucking drunk right. dude stumbling into her yard. No. Maggie, Maggie, sell me a fucking bottle. Like, Get right. the fuck out of here, no. you peasant She's like, bitch. No, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make. A bunch of money. See that guy? She's, she's you like, see that guy just pulled off? Like, Follow him. She's like, I won't sell to you personally, but I will sell to people that will sell to you personally. Right, so. That's what you're saying. You see that guy just pulled off? Follow him. He'll sell you anything you need, motherfucker. Uh, she was a smart woman and ed- had educated herself on the Fourth Amendment. Nice. She knew about search and seizure and could quote certain cases backward and forward. Nice. Well, Maggie had a great personality and was only convicted of moonshining once in her long career, though the entire community knew of her dealings. I mean, she was loved. and, and I mean, she was a small-time or wherever she like i said right. wasn't i just talking about this i think the only time she the, i bet you the only time she ever got convicted it was like a fucking wasn't i just talking about this though total mishap there's people like her right everywhere in these small fucking everywhere. country towns that everywhere. are running her town everywhere because they're the main bootlegger supplier right. on there so well, they're, they're running not, that shit they're not all like maggie super nice and shit so well, obviously dickheads That's but what I'm, yeah this is one of the good ones and was she really doing anything wrong? Oh, yeah, because she was breaking a law. But other than that, technically. What, but was she really? I, will we know any deaths accredited to her? It ain't her, babe. It ain't her. Right. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> that the, line she crossed was real. Was real, and unfortunately, the uh, the the liquid she was selling was illegal. <laughs> <laughs> well, we move on next to the rum running queen. Rum running queen. Twenty six years old, an outlaw. 1928, Willie Carter Sharp ran bootleg liquor across the Virginia state border. Many times the police were chasing her and shooting her tires. Okay. They dubbed her the rum running queen. Well, Willie said, it was the excitement that got me. It was the excitement that got me, She's like, oh boy, those cars scattering, dashing along the streets. Bullets flying past my head. Right. Ooh, or little, uh, what would they call those hats that the women wear a back little then? Bonnets. A little bonnet. My bonnet was coming loose. Wait, is a bonnet a dress or I, is I, it I, a hat? I don't know. We'll go with it. I think a bonnet's a hat or, or a dress. I mean, it could be. She lived in Franklin County, Virginia. Oh, Virginia. Here's another small little, uh, right, little town that the mafia don't even know what that exists right now. I mean, they do, but they ain't fucking. Yeah. Uh, it's been said that she hauled more than two hundred and twenty thousand gallons. Of her homemade moonshine between the years of 1926 and 1931, Damn, which dude. I totally believe, and I guarantee you she just ran that shit because everybody was banking bank. That's fifty thousand gallons, and it was her property probably. Well, that's thirty-five thousand gallons a year. She's fucking uh, thirty-five thousand gallons a year, and how much per fucking gallon do you think back then? Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't even know what the prices were, but it was a lot. Well, she was probably selling. Um... She's at least bringing in $220,000. <laughs> well, right. I was going to say, she at least. From 1926. If $1,000 a gallon, uh, which I think it probably was. No, even if it's a dollar a gallon. Right, a dollar again, a thousand. If, if from 1926 to 1931, she minimal amount she made is 220,000. Right, and back then it was probably 3.5. So million. let's say she even sold it for two. That's two or 440,000. Then you sell right. it for three dollars. That's fucking. It's more than that, though. I guarantee you that. All right, so she's made million a million dollars. Million dollars, more than that. Easily, right? Easily, right? After paying help. Well, if you factor in expenses, I'm sure she still made well over a million. Right. She eventually was apprehended, though. <laughs> of course she was. At a trial, spectators were intrigued by the diamonds in her teeth. Oh. Whoa. bitch had diamonds in oh, her teeth. Oh, shit. Was she the inspiration of uh, you know, Let Me See Your Grill? Let, let Me See Your Grill. What? Your grill. What? what? Uh, your grill. Yeah. Shine for me, Willie. <laughs> uh, what you looking at? Yeah, well, I don't even know the song. It's, it's Nelly, right? Yeah. Moving on. Um, you really... These are shorter stories for some of these... Uh, Beginning there's, women. There's, there's probably there's, more if we dig there, into it. No, I, I'm uh, sure. Trust me, I went to. You can go to uh, every website that had the women of. You, can, you can go to Franklin County, Virginia, and look up the. Records. I went to every website that has information on these chicks, and this is this pretty much the same story that's told for like the most vague shit. They didn't know. They didn't know really much because they're women, right? Moving on. Oh yeah, this one is about the a lady prohibition agent, right? And uh, she's very well known. She was Prohibition Agent Daisy Simpson. Prohibition Agent Daisy Simpson. Uh-huh. She was Pads. Her home. Go check out Pads. Her Pads. Pads. Go check out Pads. Her home office was in San Francisco, but she traveled to other cities like Chicago and New York. Of course, she did. Well, Daisy went undercover. She used her own creative disguises and would spend time in local speakeasies. So, what is she doing at these speakeasies in the 1920s? I mean, come on. Clearly, herself. a woman don't go in speakeasies by themselves in the 1920s. Why wouldn't they? No, unless they're whores. Okay. So what happened? What, did she whore herself out? Well, she went to speakeasies, hotels, and restaurants. If the owners or bartenders tried to serve her alcohol, she would arrest them immediately. Oh. It's been said that Daisy had over 100 disguises. Didn't we? Did we do Damn, an episode? this bitch is doing this by herself. Did we do an episode on those two guys? <clears throat> we did, guys? didn't we? What two guys? The two prohibition agents that did disguises. Mm-mm. Did we, we didn't do an episode on those guys yeah, yet? I believe so. I think we should. Or we, I was planning on it, but she never did. I think we did. I think the only thing we They don't have a very long story. It's Elliot Ness. Yeah. The only thing we did. Right. Right. Well, this lady uh, has some balls going by herself, really. No backup or anything. Oh, Daisy. Well, she was as brazen as she was creative. Okay. Look at Daisy. One raid. She seized 8,000 gallons of wine. Daisy had been a delinquent in her youth and had hung out with bars in bars, and she hung out with questionable she people. She hung out with bars? Right. So, in bars with questionable people. Hmm. But somewhere along the line, she turned over a new leaf. She probably was like, fuck this shit. She's probably one of the smart ones. Do you think they got that saying, turn over a new leaf, because somebody's walking through the woods and, like, 
flipped over. With the the leaf was all like nasty and tattered or whatever from whatever was on it, and she flipped it over, or they and flipped it, was, it over, and it was yeah. like immaculate and like fucking had its color still. And they're like, right. oh, "That's what I should do with my life." <laughs> what do they call it? Intuition or something? Yeah, uh, is that what it is? Uh, intuition? Would it be an epiphany or uh, uh, epiphany? Right. Right. Uh, yeah. So she said to turn over a new leaf, right? right? Get back. Right. Right. New leaf. Right. So uh, Daisy had unique skills that were needed to fight what she saw. Right. She was, has a particular set of skills. She's like, right. If you sell liquor, right. I will find you. Right. And she, I will arrest and she you. She said, I see this as the evils of liquor. Mm-hmm. That was her, her thing. I think she right. wore a t-shirt that said that. Evils of liquor or something. I don't think they had t-shirts back in the day. Maybe. We'll have to look that up. When, 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 when did... um. Like your typical T-shirt, like we're wearing right now, coming to like right, like mainstream wearing. I bet it had been like the thirties and forties. I guarantee. Yeah, I don't think you never saw. Where, did you ever see a picture of somebody wearing a T-shirt? Yeah, but I bet you nah, in the forties or right. everybody wore. So I have to say, that's probably sixties, fifties, sixties, fifties, sixties. Like the white T-shirts, like, right. the white T-shirts started yeah. coming around. Well, I think. Well, they always had undershirts. I'm right. sure. So but they were like, hey, how about we just don't wear this? <laughs> how about we don't? Shirt when how about this? we don't waste our time buttoning up this fucking right. shirt? How about, we just just don't put it, how about we just don't waste our time putting a shirt on at all? Because <laughs> we already have this shirt on, right? And how about we make this shirt like blue, black, and gray? And Let's put a a little pocket. Put a little pocket. (laughs) You know, for pens and tobacco and shit. What if we (laughs) cut off the sleeves of some of these (laughs) for the summertime? Right. At first it would have been, how about we cut off the sleeves to about our elbows? Right. Because, hey, we we end up rolling these bitches up all the time anyway in the summertime. So let's have a set of long sleeve shirts. Right, like what old movie? Let's have a set of... What movie have you ever seen that's... Or it's a picture that you've seen from... Well, obviously the 1800s, but even early 1900s, you see like family on a farm or something. They're right. all wearing long, long sleeve fucking sleeve shit and like Always. that. Like right. you don't see uh, you don't see a random 1920s photo with somebody in a t-shirt and shorts, right? Or even a short short sleeve, I right? Mean, even if, if you do, as like a young young kid, because even them, all of them had the full full. Uh, uh, now that nowadays they call it uh, uh, long johns, but they all had the full suit onesies that was long sleeves right for your underwear so all the men are wearing these onesies that were a full body suit basically and then plus their thick ass pants and their fucking stupid button down shirts with fucking shit on their fucking collars let's see so apparently the origins of the t-shirt date back to the late 19th century with laborers would cut their jump suits jumpsuits in half to keep cool in warmer months during the year right i mean i would the first manufactured T-shirt was invented between the Mexican-American War in 1898 and 1913 when the U.S. Navy began issuing them as standard undershirts. See, undershirts. All right. Like this guy's wearing. All right. Well, even then, it took until 1920 for the actual term T-shirt to be inducted into the English dictionary, thanks uh-huh. to F. Scott Fitzgerald being the first person to publish the word in his novel, This Side of Paradise. I wonder why they call it a T-shirt, though. Although the shirt was created in the early 20th century, it was rare to see it worn as anything other than an undershirt, which we said. Right. It wasn't uncommon to see veterans wearing a t-shirt tucked into their trousers post-World War II, but outside of that, t-shirts were almost exclusively used right. underneath it's, proper clothes. Right. You've never seen a t-shirt unless you're at home. Right. Well, then came Marlon Brando and James Dean. Mm-hmm. In 1950, Marlon Brando famously donned a white t-shirt as Stanley Kowalski in a streetcar named Desire. Okay, so yeah, fifties pretty much is when mm-hmm. the old uh, so the fucking uh, right. the greaser gangs and all that yeah, shit, dude. Right? They're like fuck this shit. We're wearing t-shirts. And then uh, shortly after that, obviously wearing t-shirts and listening to fucking Chuck Berry. You got your. You're like, oh my gosh, 
Shortly after that, shortly after that, <laughs> shortly right. after that, you get your graphic T-shirts where they start printing shit on them. Think and about that. Off it went. We'll save that conversation when we get to the 50s. So, like I said, like we basically alluded to before we looked this up is, yeah, they were wearing them mainly as undershirts, right. but then in the 1950s, 50s the fucking so. greaser gangs came right. away. and That's when that shit became more And uh, apparently, Marlon Brando and James Dean looking cool with their cigarettes rolled up in their fucking right. yeah, little like, sleeves and stuff. And then so. you got the movies, The Outsiders, with their little... Right, cigarettes. And well, the movie The Outsiders didn't come until the eighties or whatever but still, it was. So. Well, the fifties. I understand that, but T-shirts were well worn before the Outsiders came along. <laughs> we're talking about what inspired people to wear T-shirts. Right, people were already wearing T-shirts before the movie said, Outsiders came. Yeah, and I said, which we yeah, can see that they like wore that. Right, I said which they can see they right. wore T-shirts in the fifties because right. of the right. movie. Right, come on. Right, how the hell did we get on T-shirts? I don't know because they said something about T-shirts. No. We're going to say T-shirts. Don't say anything about T-shirts. How the hell did we get on the fucking T-shirt? <laughs> I don't even know. Well, Either way, I'm sure it was here and you guys know. <laughs> so what we were talking about to get to here. Right. I said that Daisy had unique skills that were needed to fight. And she will find you and will arrest you. Right. She knew what the evils of liquor were. Right. She believed that she was doing her duty for her country. And she was not afraid to stand up for what she believed in. And she was going to fight for the fucking truth. For the fucking truth. The justice. Justice. And the American way. And the American way. Because look at me, I'm a woman. Hear me roar. I can't because I'm bleeding on my pussy. I'm right quick. <laughs> hear me. Hear me sore. Anybody got something to shove up my bloody pussy? It's bleeding. Jeez. Do you have to get so graphic? This is a family. Oh, no. This is a family show. Oh, no. Um, Oh no! Oh <laughs> no! <laughs> she wasn't ready. Right. <laughs> Moving on, and this is where uh, our last two, our last two ladies we're gonna cover. It's actually uh, pretty decent stories. They actually, these are the only two women that I pretty much looked up that have a a beginning. Bissy. A beginning. I knew you were gonna do that. A <laughs> beginning, a middle, and an end, like a. Their whole life story told. Like these nice. are the two, pretty much the two. Right. The, these, who are, were, these are the main bitches. Yeah. The who, the two we're about to uh, cover here, the, the two main in Prohibition right. era. Although we're cheating technically on this one that we're about to uh, do because she operated mainly in Canada, but but still it had, affected the United States. Right. Still had to highlight the uh, women of Prohibition. So here we go. It affected the United oh, States. Oh, Miss Bessie. Bessie Starkman. Bessie Starkman. He. Although there is some uncertainty about Bessa, Besha. That's what we say. Her yeah. real name's Besha. Besha Starkman's birthday. According to some sources, she was born in Poland on the uh, 14th of April, 1889. But her tombstone says June 21st, 1890. Okay. Well, it's her tombstone, so. She arrived in Canada with her parents, Shimon and Jello Starkman, around 1900. They lived in the working-class ward neighborhood of the downtown Toronto, where many newcomers to the city settled. She may have worked as a seamstress for the Eaton's department store in her youth as well. That's fantastic. See, not, still not much known about her childhood, though. Right. Like, you could tell. May have. It's may have. You could tell they really didn't profile women or right. keep track of what women were doing back in the day. At roughly the age of 18. Bessie? Bessie? Uh, she was known. As she was known, right? Right. She married uh, Harry Thompson, also recorded as Tobin or... <laughs> Tobin. These record, see, these record keepers back in the day right. fucking suck. Uh, it, well, what Harry, did she say? It was either Thompson Tobin or Tobin. <laughs> so, uh, Harry Thompson Tobin Tobin. <laughs> Harry T T T. He was a driver for a bakery. We call him Harry Triple T. <laughs> right. So he delivered fucking the bread to the to the country folk. Right. 
The couple had two daughters, okay. Gertrude Ooh, and Lily, or they called her Leah. Very, uh, Gertrude, very 1900s name. Right. 1912. They took in a boarder named Rocco Perry. Oh, okay. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Who rented a room in their home? So some dude just showed up and he was like, I need a place to stay. Like, we do got a room. I can do work. Mm, all right. So they got this guy named Rocco Perry. Rocco. Hey, Rocco. I can see that. You think he's, uh, you think he's, uh, Italian or European at, European at least? He's an immigrant. It's a good chance he's from Europe. Hey, I guess, hey, he was an immigrant from Calabria, <laughs> Italy. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Calabria. Right. Starkman and Perry had a romance shortly oh, after. Oh, saw that oh, one coming, huh? Wait, where was where was fucking Harry? Harry didn't cut the job, man. See, Harry, you fucked up, bud. Thompson, you had three last names. Nobody knew who you were. <laughs> I know. So you were a She's man. Like, you were a man with no fucking identity. She, he's like Bessie. Why are you doing this to us, baby? She's <laughs> like, I don't even know my last name, Harry. Because <laughs> I don't <laughs> even know my last name. <laughs> She's like, Harry, my mama would be so ashamed. It started out, hey, ma'am, where are you from? And then it turned into, oh, no, what have I done? Because I <laughs> don't even know my last name. But this guy, he gets it. It's Rocco. Right. Oh, his last name is Perry. Right. He knows exactly who he is. He's an immigrant <laughs> from fucking uh, Italy. I'm an uh, uh, immigrant from Calabria. Yeah. And she's like, I'm leaving you. I'm leaving you, Harry. He's like, yeah. what? <laughs> She's like, I'm taking the children, too. No. <laughs> she didn't say that at all. Oh, yeah. She's like, I'm leaving you, Harry, and you can keep your fucking kids and your Jewish faith because I'm out. Because this guy's a Catholic, and he's seeking more sense <laughs> than, than you are. <laughs> right. <I was> like, <laughs> she's like, Harry, I had a steak the other day for the first time right. ever. Fuck you, bacon's Wait, great! Jews eat steak, right? I don't know if they eat bacon or anything. I think Jews don't. It's not Muslims. I think Jews it's don't. It's gotta be kosher. They Jews. can eat whatever they want, as long as it's kosher. No, because you can't have hoofs that eat cut at the same time. Mm. So you can't eat fucking... Uh, I think you can have a steak if you're Jewish. You can't eat a horse. You can't eat <laughs> I don't a think, rabbit. I don't think, I don't think anybody's uh, fretting over that. A rabbit? Man, yeah. No, who cares about Or a horse. Right, I'm not eating a horse. Dogs, but either way. Dogs care in the United States. What? What? <laughs> what are they going to put in my dog food? What's going to be in my kibbles? <laughs> I know. <laughs> what are those plants called? Um, not processing plants, but yeah, they're like highly secretive, dude. You're not even like allowed to fucking bring cameras and shit in there because like the shit they... Oh, there was one. I was reading a report. Oh, the plants? Yeah, the, the fucking... What are they called? Where they just take like the animal carcasses and grind, pretty much grind everything that's left over right. from places up, and they put it in dog food and whatever the fuck else. Right. Um. But they they do fucking like they'll throw live animals in, just like injured animals or something. Right. That they're getting shiploads of fucking all well, just fresh just meat, defective animals, or right. the carcasses of animals yeah. that have been already right. butchered and stuff. Right. But uh, yeah. But this one dude went undercover in there, and it was like. 
in the pits where they grind up all the fucking the remains. There's like bones and all. No, but there's t- yeah, bones and all. Bones but there's all. tons in the pit. There was like a ton of fucking like rat nests, like big ass oh, rats. Obviously. He was saying, and fucking down there, it was. He said it was, it was. Said it was the nastiest thing. But you're feeding the shit to your animal. That's yeah. fucking gross. Dude. Dogs can easily handle anything you give them. Dogs eat their own fucking puke. Dogs eat their own shit. Dogs, a dog's stomach can handle anything you give them. Trust me, that's perfectly. Yeah, that's good still for them. gross. It's not for the dog. That is gross. Well, they're not. It's not harming the dog any. Well, you don't know. We do know. Uh, you don't know. Obviously, how many every dog in the world has been eating dog food for fucking hundreds what's the of years? Statistics of all these dogs that maybe got sick prematurely and died because something got sick. Maybe it's something to do with their food. Statistic. So you're talking? Do you ha- I'm saying what is the statistic? Do I have? Who knows? A, is there any? Time is there any study? Is there a study? When's the last time you heard of a dog dying because they ate food? But you don't know what they could have got Besides sick from. Chocolate or something. You don't know what they could have got sick from. Is and my most point. times they get it. It's either chocolate. You don't or... know what they got sick from. No, because most human beings they take their dog to a vet and they do an autopsy and you're like, oh, this is what he died of. People don't get dog aut- autopsies. All right. How do you think they know? Especially, how do you think they know? If, how do you think they know that chocolate's bad these for types, dogs? These types of places are feeding their dogs like the fucking dollar store brand shit, which right. is those people ain't got money to pay for a fucking vet to get an autopsy. That's number one. different. I'm talking dollar store brand. I'm talking, but about I'm saying, is food. there a study that shows the growth and the health of dogs on like the high top tier fucking? I'm sure um, there is fucking shit compared to the nasty shit that they're putting all uh, these type of animal parts in. I'm is there sure studies that that, sure there that is. say that the ones that do the all natural food or whatever have a better health record or live longer or you know there anything? Is. You know there is. Well, we would have to look it up, wouldn't we? I bet you would. Mm. Well, the common law couple initially moved to Saint Catharines, Ontario. Where Perry had a job uh, to project. What the fuck did we get on that, anyway? Right. Oh, juice. Can they eat steak? <laughs> See. So what happened? What happened? Go re- recap the last paragraph. Uh, she left her husband uh, for Rocco Perry. For Rocco. She left her husband, children, and the Jewish faith for right. him. Everything. Um. This guy show up on doorstep one day and freed her. Yeah, guys. <laughs> that just shows you uh, how quick you are. We can how quickly we can stray into right. different fucking conversations <laughs> that quick. Well, anyway, the common law couple initially moved to St. Catharines, Ontario, mm. where Rocco had a job on a project to expand the Welland Canal. Oh, look at Rocco, getting a, getting a legit job, though. Well, Welland Canal, they need anybody they can get. That's a, so? Now you're going to knock a guy for getting uh, legit a, work? Yeah, but it was a fucking... Look at you. He was getting paid pennies to do the hard work. <sighs> It wasn't legit. Nothing's ever good enough for you, is it? It wasn't legit. Nothing's ever good enough for you. The only thing legit you. about it was he was going to work every day and working his ass off, yeah, but he was getting paid pennies. 1916, they were living in Hamilton. That's in, uh, I still believe in Ontario, it's right? In British Columbia or something. Is like that. it? Uh, Rocco worked briefly as a traveling salesman for okay. the Superior Macaroni Company. <laughs> oh, damn. He's he like, like, I'm telling you what, like, folks. I got elbow this straight. This macaroni <laughs> is superior. <laughs> I got elbow straight. Ragatuli. Is it macaroni? Oh, uh, macaroni. Yeah, is macaroni is right. just a macaroni right. noodle. Man. Right. 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 I got, he's like, I got, he's like, I got elbow I guess, straight. I bet they stole pot. They I just stole got pasta. elbow and straight, but right. you, get the, you get the point. It's got elbow and straight. No, I bet they had pasta. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure they would, right? Right. Branch out. Stupid not to. Yeah. Stupid not right. to. Right. The couple went, all right. They're like, well, I don't like macaroni. Is macaroni even Italian? You got some linguine? And they're like, oh, damn right. We got some linguine. Is macaroni even Italian? Like yeah. the noodles? And the macaroni. I don't think you've heard of Italian macaroni. Macaroni. Yeah, macaroni is usually served as a side dish in like macaroni. barbecue and stuff. No, macaroni you can have. Macaroni and cheese? Yes. No, you, I don't macaroni think you and cheese. Go to any that. Italian restaurant, you're not getting a macaroni and cheese. No, you get a macaroni. 
It's like a yeah, it's like a side dish. You get a it's macaroni. Like a you get a macaroni. Right. Just a hard, a large. No. Uh, uh, you know, a macro large. <laughs> uh, you get a macro knee. No, it's like a it's a, a large knee of a bowl or something. No, it's just a bowl <laughs> with like noodles and some kind of an Italian sauce with tomatoes and well, now we have to set up tomatoes and uh, celery and shit like that. It'd be like a pasta salad. But with the macaroni. It's a macaroni. What's a macaroni? Italian macaroni dish. That's right, Italian macaroni dish. Ah, macaroni and cheese is almost unknown in Italy, and it would be almost impossible to have at a restaurant. Yeah, macaroni and cheese. Obviously, that's what I'm referring to. I'm going to talk about, I guess we're referring to the noodle. Yeah, macaroni. I'm not talking about macaroni and cheese. Obviously, that's. Macaroni and cheese ain't no damn fucking Italian dish. Hell fucking no. No, they'll slap you in your face. That's what I'm saying. If you make a, (laughs) why do you think I said you only see that fucking? uh, If your step, if your stepmother told you to make some macaroni and you bring you some fucking craft, I got the blues. You're gonna need some macaroni and cheese. She'd be like, "What the fuck is this?" And she'd be like, "Damn, this is good, Cabron. Wait, wait. She even changed from Italian to Mexican. In Italian, macaroni refers to elongated pasta, not necessarily in a tubular form, though. Right. Um. Outside Roman and different languages, borrow words. Macaroni comes from the Italian word macaroni. It's macaroni. It's a pasta. Many variants seem to differ from the other. Macaroni. See, it's macaroni. However, the product, the product as well as the name, derive from the ancient Greek macaria. So the Greeks invented macaroni. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, it just says it right there. Right. So the Greeks are responsible for macaroni. I bet they were. Like a Greek dish. But it is uh, it is used in Italy a lot. Oh, Obviously, it's, it's a fucking pasta. They're gonna, right. it, the Italian it doesn't okay. matter. That looks good as fuck, doesn't it? Not? It's just herbs and ground pepper and some butter. So and it's fucking great. But it's literally macaroni and cheese with pepper. <laughs> no cheese at all. No, it's homemade macaroni and cheese with dried herd and pepper. Do you read? Oh, there's cheese on it. I didn't read it. I just looked at the picture. <laughs> so yeah, Greeks invented it. Italians took the noodle and did whatever the fuck they probably put pasta sauce and all that type right. of shit in it. But uh, they made it a macaroni. But the white people came in and was like, right. "Let's add some cheese to this shit. <laughs> That's all we need." <laughs> well, anyway, and they're like, "Perfecto." Right. Well, anyway, we're talking about it's 1916. Yep. They're living in Hamilton. Rocco, what he disrespect was, we're showing to the women in Prohibition right, right now. We can't even stay on track with the fucking stories. <laughs> well, Rocco, Rocco, and we're not even talking about it. We're talking about Rocco. We're talking about macaroni, though. We're talking about right, Rocco. He, yeah, because he worked at the macaroni company. Right, he worked at Superior Macaroni. Right. Well, uh, the couple went on to open a small grocery store in a Jewish-Italian immigrant neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Even though she denounced her Jewism. Right. Yeah, well, she's Italian, though. Yeah. So, and you know, Italian. she's not Italian. You know, yeah, she but, came from Poland. Yeah, but she's with the Italian. That's true. So, you know, the Italian's relationship with the Jews. And maybe she's a, well, she is a Jewish Pole, so yeah. she's still Jewish. She knows them both. She's still Jewish. She right. just doesn't practice. Right. right. And she, now she's in an area where she knows she's right. accepted in she's both. Like, hey. Right. Well, Bessie first became known to the police when she was charged with keeping a disorderly house. Damn, this yeah. house is dirty. <laughs> Bitch. Clean up out of your motherfucking kids. Right. Well, she was accused of running a brothel. Oh, um, that's why. <laughs> there, there could have been underwear on the floor. We don't a know. brothel is a place where prostitution takes place. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> that's what it says. Her defense was that she didn't know what her female boarder was doing, but she was convicted anyhow. Oh, she had a female boarder there. Uh, yeah, I mean, she had to know. Of course she did. 1916. Maybe she didn't know. Right in the end. 19, how big is the house? Well, big enough to have a border. Right. If she can have a room like in the back where I never see this person. It's true. Right. And she got to be quiet. Right. I don't know. Right. 
1916, the Ontario Temperance Act came oh, into effect. Oh, what does that mean, Temperance Act? We well, know what that means. This act made possession of liquor and beer outside the home illegal and led to the closure of bars oh, and stores. Oh, look at Canada, two years ahead of America in doing that. But they were smart. They left it inside the home. Well, you could still... It wasn't illegal to consume alcohol in Prohibition All right, in America. You it. couldn't buy it That's or true. sell it. That's true. Uh, well... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, Starkman and Rocco. Oh, but it made possession of liquor and beer. You could still possess alcohol in America. Right. You can still possess it. You just couldn't, you can't you be sell it or buy it. Right. You could still have it on your person. Right. No, not up to a certain amount. Right. I'm sure if they had a bottle of alcohol, you're not getting fucking charged for it. But here in Canada, if you even have a, it's a different sip of alcohol. If you get pulled over and you got 15 bucks. Well, obviously. Fucking... Marked XXX on the fucking bottle. Right. Right. But uh, Canada was one step further. Like, you ain't going to fucking have any alcohol outside None. your home. No alcohol outside the home. Ah. Okay. Which actually helped them, too, because now nobody can say, well, you're doing it. Well, I'm doing it in my fucking yard, buddy. Right. right? Even though there's a bottle in my fucking drawer in the shop. Does outside the home include the yard, I would, I would assume. You well, can still I'll be see. in your own yard. Right. I mean, that's your land, bud. Home is your land. Right. Don't mean necessarily a house. Right. So I could stand on my front lawn. Right. It's your home. And drink a beer. Right. It's your home. It's not your. Yeah. Right. Right. Anyway, uh, that led to bars and liquor stores. You'd be like, well, I guess we're done. <laughs> Unless we sell this fucking uh, uh, saltwater taffy and <laughs> uh, Coca-Cola. Pickled eggs. Pickled eggs and crawdads that we can get every once in a while. We'll be all right, honey. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Starkman and Rocco saw that they could make much more money from bootlegging. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know what? These people are going to be watching anybody selling for shit, but we can do this shit behind the scene. And this little grocery store that we're trying to run. Guess what? Ain't cutting it. Right. We got to do this. And she was smart enough to be like, you know what, Rocco? I believe yo. <laughs> I believe yo, Rocco. Rocco became known as the king of the bootleggers. Uh-oh. King? Another king? The king of the bootleggers in Ontario. We're going to have to do a tournament of the king of uh, the king of whatever during Prohibition. The king of, bo- the king and of who, bootleggers? Who's the best king of Prohibition? Well, uh... So far, we're talking about this bitch Starkman, but Rocco seems to start. Right, Rocco seems to be we, the one. Huh? We should have been doing. I know, fucking, uh, fucking men always take it over. <laughs> Look at this. the next sentence. Don't well, begin with. She didn't even fucking. Oh, there it is. There we go. He ignored the rule. Rocco ignored the rule that barred women from the mob, and Starkman became the driving force behind the operation. There we go, Bessie. Right. She came. Well, uh, they the first Bonnie and Clyde. They could have been. Well, I don't think they're out murdering people. The same thing. Though. Well. 
slowly murdering people with their alcohol. <laughs> Wait, but same thing, though. Yeah. These guys. Well, she became known by many as Canada's first prominent female organized crime boss. Hey. Starkman negotiated and placed orders with liquor and beer suppliers, laundered money, looked after the payroll, and made deals with other gangs as well. She was the boss. She Rock, was the boss. Rocco was the uh, muscle. Well, Rocco what, was the muscle. Guess what the gang was called, though? What was it called? The Perry Gang. Obviously. And they operated in Kitchener. Yep. Toronto, okay. Windsor, okay. Hamilton, and Niagara. Damn. And I just want to let you guys that's know. That's the Midwest right there. That's Detroit. I, just wanna let, I was going to say, I just want to let you guys know that all five of those lo- locations are extremely close to Detroit. Right. Especially and Windsor Cleveland. since it's right across the uh, so river. that. Cleveland, Buffalo, Detroit. Well, uh, Detroit. We right. all know all Detroit right. was a main hub. Oh, look at it. It also ran bootleg liquor to the United States, primarily to Chicago, Detroit, and New York State. Obviously, which New York Niagara State, is right by New Buffalo. York. That's right. Again, New York right. State, they Niagara, say, New York, like, hey, Windsor, man, Detroit, we're not Kitchener, gonna, Detroit. We're not going to drive all the way to the city in New York, but we will drive in the state right. of New York and we'll drop it off in Buffalo for you, motherfuckers. Right. By 1920, the couple had moved into a large home at 166 Bay Street in South Bay Street, Bay in South Street, Hamilton? South in Hamilton. What? 2023, 23 South Hamilton. <laughs> they had a lavish lifestyle that included everything from diamonds to expensive cars. Hey. Thing, things went well for Starkman and Perry until March 1927 Uh-oh. when they appeared before the Federal Royal Commission on Customs and Excise, which investigated liquor smuggling. Obviously. Uh, she denied any connections to bootlegging, though, obviously. Right. Nevertheless, she and Perry were charged with perjury. Oh, they lied. So they lying, motherfucker. But they couldn't charge them with, could the... with the bootlegging. So yeah, what was their was, perjury for What were they lying from? So if they charge them with per- perjury, they, but they, they couldn't charge them with bootlegging, how does that make sense? Right. We know you're lying about bootlegging, even though we can't prove your bootlegging, but you're lying about it. But we can't prove your bootlegging, so well, how would we prove you're lying? Yeah, we're going to something lied about something else. It was something stupid, probably, I bet. I bet it was. Something yeah. fucking well, dumb. While the charges against Bessie were dropped, right. Rocco pleaded guilty and was sentenced to... He was like, babe, I'll right. fucking take the fall for us. Six you months. Got a, you got a business to run. It's six months. Yeah, he was sentenced to six months in a reformatory, not even a prison. Right. The end of probation in Ontario, 1927. Forced... Uh, Rocco, Rocco's mob to look for a new source of income. <laughs> Rocco's mob in Ontario. <laughs> Rocco's mob in Ontario. Like, Rocco was like, listen, baby, I know you're having fun. But, I mean, it's just legal now. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's not like we can. Uh, what are we going to do? Nobody gives a fuck no more. Uh, she's like, what we can do? We can do the illegal Dude, drug business. On uh, Canada started two years earlier in Prohibition and ended, ended. six years they before knew. America. Because they knew. They knew. Wow. They knew. That's something I've never, I've never, obviously I've never right. looked at the history of Prohibition in Canada. Right. Um, wow. So they were significantly less time than um, America. Well, well, since four uh, years less. Since their income was uh, shut off instantly Done. there. Finito. They moved on to, the, obviously, the next thing that's illegal, <laughs> the drugs. Hey, Prohibition is the gateway. Uh, right. Gateway right, the crime. gateway drug. <laughs> yeah, gateway crime. June 1929, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police held Starkman during a drug raid at a house in Toronto. But they released her due to lack of evidence. Mm, Bessie is just uh, one Bessie? lucky gal, huh? Right. Well, shortly before midnight on the 13th of August 1930, the couple returned home from an event. Okay. Oh, when Bessie Starkman, when Bessie Starkman stepped from her car in the garage. She was greeted with a gunfire from two men with shotguns. A neighbor walking his dog heard Perry yelling that Bessie had been shot. Holy shit. Report suggested that two men shot Starkman and another drove the getaway car. She died instantly. They shot her instead of him. Shot her instead of She was the main bitch. Yeah, but it was Rocco's gang. She was the main bitch. Right, but she's the main bitch. You ain't kidding. Picture of the garage right by her front door. She was gunned down like right on the wall. Why won't they kill Rocco too, though? 
That makes me wonder. Because she's the... It don't matter. Rocco, no, Rocco's the boss. Oh, well, we're about to uh, see the motivation here. But we're looking at the uh, murder scene in her garage. She's about just about to walk in her house before they got her right by the wall, dude. Right. And for being some big Damn. boss, man. Uh, yeah, the, house garage, don't, the house don't look too... Uh, uh, yeah, her garage and her, and her doorway to get in her house don't look pretty good. Mm. Right? Maybe that's all she was. She's like, I don't need all that fancy shit. Right. Her car looks yeah, even kind of dirty rain, and shit. Right. Yeah, that should be brand new shiny. Right. What the hell are they doing? I thought they lived lavishly. Isn't right. that what they just said? Mm-hmm. Huh. They don't look lavishly to me. I sure don't. Yeah, fuck, fuck, they got chains and shit hanging on the right on the uh, walls. Right. And a fucking broke down like wood stove right there yeah, or something? Yeah, some, some type of burning stove. And mm. a pallet. Why is there a wood pallet? I think that's a grate. Looks like a wood pallet. Looks like a grate. In Ontario Province. they made wood pallets back in the day, did they? Maybe. We're going to have to look I up the history of wood pallets now. I think wood pallets has been around forever. <laughs> Obviously. An Ontario Provincial Police Investigation Uh-oh. could not find a clear motive for her murder. Okay. Obviously there were, but what are they going to do? Her killers were never found, but they knew who they were. However, However, several theories emerged. Okay. Either she had been shot by an angry member of the Perry gang. Oh, Either her husband was involved or she had refused to pay gangsters from Rochester for a drug deal. So mm. either either Huddy, Hubby did it or I didn't pay these gangsters from New York where we were actually the real mob and they would have came and fucking murdered her. Uh, or uh, it was part of the gang member itself. I, the only thing I can think of it, it's her husband. Because he didn't die. He should have been murdered too. I don't know. Yeah. She was the negotiator for drug deals though. Doesn't matter. So if she refused. Matter. Everybody know he was the boss. She's the one doing the fucking. Did you right. not? Did you not even hear her story right. at all? Right, but everybody knows. Stupidest thing ever. But everybody knows. They're trying to kill and get out. Why yeah, would they kill him? What I'm saying everybody knows that they kill her. He's the boss. Clearly, that would send a message to him. Not send a message to nothing. He's gonna be pissed and come at you and fucking kill more. It's gonna be a war. Oh, it's gonna be a war. This dude's not a fucking main mobster guy. He had a small gang. Uh, big enough to fucking do what he needed to do. No, especially since she was dead. You know, when other people would came in, he would have had an army. No, she clearly fucking. Uh, Clearly refused to pay the gangsters, and they Clearly. fucking uh, in New York came and fucking uh, in New York outed her ass. Right? They probably told him too when they murdered. Him. It was like you just don't fucking do nothing. You stay alive, motherfucker, and listen here. You work for us now. I can't believe that he would do it. No, sorry, not gonna believe it. Well, her funeral on the seventeenth of August, nineteen thirty, was one of the biggest in Hamilton's history. Mm. I report. See, that's how big this woman right. is. So right. it's perfectly plausible that an outside gang could have killed her. Yeah. She, they know she's the woman. Rocco wasn't shit. Yeah, if it was an outside gang, they would kill the husband too. There's no fucking reason why they would. How many times you've seen a, a never? A, how many times you've seen a mob hit and they only kill the guy that's fucking their intended? They never kill the family and they never fucking kill right anybody Usually else besides the wife. The really don't intended. know that's going on, but in this case, the fucking husband is actually just involved as come she on, is. Come on, don't be dumb. Come on, they're don't both basically acting bosses. Clearly, we know who 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 uh, ranch right, it, but and it ain't him. But they're both acting. Clearly, bosses, we know who ranch. But it. he ranch it down the streets. She ran shit back to final say. Well, it was one of the biggest in Hamilton history. Her funeral was. Here. I report. Can't tell me. You're not going to tell me that they ain't going to kill both of them. That's stupidity to say no. Clearly, they didn't then. But that's what I'm saying. That's why he's involved. Maybe he was on, on the other side of the car. They had to kill her. Fucking, oh. they, their target was, they probably might have been like, hey, take him out if you can. But he's on the other side of the car. You shot him, out. shot her, fucking run away. Right. Get in, in your in getaway car. In out, right. Why would you waste time trying to gun him down when he's clearly on the other side of the car? Well, why not? Now it's two against one. You can fucking take them out. Killers were never caught. 
which could lead to the theory that he was involved and said, I didn't see nobody. Exactly. Yeah, we'll never know. A report in the Toronto Star estimated that more than 20,000 people lined the streets and crowded the Ohev Zadik Cemetery. This bitch bitch was popular. Where she was buried. She was more than popular, yeah. It was said there were so many cars in the funeral procession that when the first car reached the cemetery, the last car hadn't left Starkman's Bay Street House about six kilometers away, which is like 10 or 12 miles. Right. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Because of her controversial life and common law relationship with, with a the non, with you a, non-Jew, right? With a non-Jew, a local rabbi refused to bury her. Oh, well, instead, a visiting rabbi who had once lived in the city was brought in to conduct the funeral service. So that's fine, whatever. There was no cantor, and the Which rabbi is, uh, Jewish music. Um, right. So you, apparently, a Jew, if you know what a Jewish funeral is, yeah. So apparently, so wait. The family wanted a Jewish funeral, but nobody. The rabbi, would do it. the ra- the rabbi in Canada refused to bury her, but another rabbi was like, "Ah, fuck it, I'll do it." Ah, right. Mazel tov. Well, he's probably seen some shit. That's what is that? Right. Seen some shit. I seen some shit. I get her. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. But, yeah, he, there was no music like, celebrating I'll do, yeah, her. I'll do it, but it won't be, uh, you know, you're not, you're not, I'm not gracing you with the music and musicians. Nope. And you would not get a eulogy. You would not get a eulogy. I will say no words about you. I will Nothing. not say anything. I will. We'll, I'll read a, pr- a scripture from the Bible. Right. And that's it. And look over the Basically like American of, funeral, really. Well. Pastors, you can, pastors you can, usually. Uh, they they ask for like, give me a paragraph about her. No, pastors. They always do some sort of uh, scripture about right. death or fucking Right. And if the family like gives them a paragraph to say about her. But oh, yeah. well, I don't want some guy saying stuff. Well, no. That's why you go up and do it yourself. Right. I didn't. That's what they usually say. Well, I, even though I never really met her, but blah, 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 nah, nah, fuck you. Well, some <laughs> do. Some know him from be going to church for 30 years there. That's different. Well, anyways, my point was that one rabbi didn't want to do it and the other one right. did it. So. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened, right? Starkman was assigned a cemetery plot by a fence as far away as possible from Damn, the Damn, so they even, they, uh, wow. I mean, they allowed it. They put her on the property. It's. I mean, that's, I, guess, I mean, right? they did what they needed to do, right? God didn't say you had to bury him next to people. Right, <laughs> as long as, well, God didn't say you had to be buried in front of or inside your own religion's uh, right. cemetery either. So. Right. So, fuck this whole fucking thing. <laughs> the name Bessie Starkman Perry was originally on Starkman's monument. However, mm-hmm. the Perry name no longer appears. Somebody I wonder why that was. I told you why. Out. You know why? Because they found out the fucking truth. Yeah. I guarantee it. Guarantee he he was in on that. Maybe shit. he went afterwards and he would have fucking that out. no. This dude would have fucking would he would have been murdered too. Fuck off! I don't give a fuck. Well, either Not way, here. many years after her moita, mm. Bessie remains a source of fascination. Bessie, her life was recounted in the play Bootlegger's Wife, staged several times during Hamilton's Fringe Festival in 2014. And see, the play is called Bootlegger's Wife, like saying she was just uh, the wife right. when she's actually the fucking. Well, I mean, that's just. Bootlegger's husband. Is That's she? just sexism. She had been featured in walking tours on Hamilton's dark history. 
In 2019, a character called Bessie Starkman, based Ooh. on the real person, appeared nice. in a few episodes of the CBC TV series Frankie Drake Mysteries. I'm going to watch that. The show, set in the 1920s, follows Toronto's only female private detective who takes on cases the police will not. Nice. Well, the Starkman character appears as a mob boss running an illegal casino in Toronto. I believe it. In one episode, she agrees to work with Frankie Drake on a case. Oh, shit. Dude. So they're... They're treating her in a good light in Canada. I was saying she's going to agree to work with this. You know? Obviously, uh, she's still obviously well loved in Canada today. Obviously, I was saying obviously we don't know much about Canadian. I bet there's a bigger story there. Canadian criminals and stuff like that. There's got to be a bigger so story there. She's I'm, pretty much. She's yeah. pretty much got. I'm intrigued. She's pretty much got the following of any one of the popular American. I'm intrigued. Gangsters. There's a way that we can go on uh, Canadian websites. Moving on. Well, that was a quite an interesting there little story there. Uh, we need to dig into that old Canadian right there. Um, Canadian uh, crime and prohibition era and all that. So I'm sure there's lots. Like, oh, I'm sure there's lots of. Uh, that should be a show. I'm sure, there's lots of Wild West um, stories in Canada. I mean, you know, like Wild West type. There's <laughs> obviously there's a bunch of outlaw towns and shit in Canada. I'm sure during that Clearly. era as well. Right. Huh. Canadian crime. I've never considered it. <laughs> Let's check that out. Moving on to Greek. I'm sure you can find the same thing. I mean, obviously, any country. Well, we'll any country, you're going to find the same thing. Mexico, you're going to have fucking your, uh, your biggest your biggest criminals well-known in Mexico. Obviously, right. this is Maybe we need to expand out our fucking... No, we're Americans. We do Americans. <laughs> <laughs> except Gert- for except for <laughs> Bessie Starkman. <laughs> right. Gertrude Lithgow. Lithgow, probably the most famous uh, woman of prohibition in America. Yeah, and she had a little rhyme with her. She said, I'm Gertrude Lithgow. I'm the queen of the rum row. Rum row Lithgow, coming mm. in the bippo. That's rum row Lithgow. Rum row Lithgow. You queen know I got Lithgow. The... Rum row Lith... Lithgow. You know I got the shit, though. I sell it to you for disco. Yeah. <laughs> Discount. Right. Well, anyway, her name is. I sell it to you on the low. Right. Gertrude hey, Lithgow. that's a good one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Rum roll Lithgow. You know I got that shit, though. I sell it to you down low. I sell it to you on the low. Man, Cops that's... can't catch me. No, stop, stop. I'm Ger- no Bessie. Stop. But <laughs> <laughs> well, she might be. Bessie? Bessie? Gertrude? Gertrude? Gertie? Her name is Gertie. It's probably oh, or Rudy. Gertie. Or Rudy. Trudy. Uh, right, Trudy. Right, Trudy. Anyway, Gertrude Lithgow, the queen of rum row. Ooh, that rhymes. The biggest market for illicit <laughs> hooch was in New York City. I beg to differ. That probably was. Which, where a young woman named Gertrude Lithgow worked. Okay. Her employer? Uh-oh. British Scotch whiskey wholesaler, Haig and McTavish. Mm, well, her superiors recognized that Miss Lithgow, she got more talents than uh, just... Tending to the steno pool. Steno right. pool. What the fuck is a steno pool? She was given the job of setting up a trade. Why do you always do that? Never seen one in my life. Oh. <laughs> Swimming in a steno pool. What's a steno pool is a uh, a group of employees in a large company. <laughs> well, her superiors recognized that Miss Lithgow had talents that went far right. beyond messing around yeah. with all the other employees right. that are uh, right. low-level fucking nobodies. Right. She was given the job of setting up a trading post in the Bahamas, which at what? the time was a British colony. Of course it was. Now they split in half, isn't it? Is no, it? that's fuck. We just oh, did this with the uh, Bill McCoy uh, That's episode. the Virgin Islands, yes. 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 Well, she lived in <laughs> <laughs> she lived in the Lucerne Hotel in Nassau. Is that how you say it? Nassau. 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 
a place that was right a place that was known as the bootleggers headquarters mm-hmm. people disguised as colorful characters there's some colorful characters there. isn't that crazy nassau was probably the most famous um right stop for pilot pirates and like safe haven why for pirates. wouldn't it be why wouldn't it be and now uh the same thing liquor pirate pirates i guess you could say I mean, are fucking down there uh it's a, doing it's, the same thing it's an island off the fucking crazy. mainland you're, but back in the 1700s and shit. Uh, how far is international waters from there? Not that far. I don't know, but the island's owned by the British. So right. it's still uh, right. under so, under yeah, some so sort of. They're in international water then. Or they're in British water. That's what I'm saying. They're right. in British territory. Right. So I'm sure there was some how sort long? of. I'm sure there was some sort of British uh, uh, fort there or something that. Yeah, but I bet the British had no land or no uh, ocean fucking. Just enough for them to go around the island and go home. That's about it. But nothing towards the United States. I bet they didn't own any of that. You know what I mean? Do you realize this is the British we're talking about? Probably right. the second biggest Navy at this time. Right. But they weren't letting them go past that. You can have the British Islands, but no more past. Dude, the Bahamas are pretty far off from the United States. So pretty far off. So, of course, they would have all, all the surrounding island fucking probably patrolled. I would assume. Their island, yes. Which is the Bahamas. That's fine. But then it would. So not, wondering, how is this a safe haven for all these the Bahamas? bootleggers? We're not in the Bahamas. Oh my gosh, are we in the Bahamas right now? Or is it the Virgin Islands? Na- no. Oh no, it's, Nassau yeah. is in the Bahamas, where fucking uh, Gertrude is setting up shop now. And the Bahamas is what right now? The Bahamas is controlled by Britain right now. Right now, at this time, yes. At this time in the world. At this time. At this time in the world. Well, yeah, they're in the British colony known as the Bahamas right now. <laughs> Nassau. Nassau is where she is, but the point still stands. There's got to be some type of British authority there. How are the all these bootleggers um, operating? But I don't think there was a prohibition in British. She lived in the Lucerne Hotel in Nassau. It's in the Bahamas, by, by the way. In the Bahamas. Yeah. A place that British, was known British as the bootleggers. At this time. We already did this one. No. I already did this fucking No. Oh, I did half of it. Right. I started over. So, yeah, we're going to go back to the beginning anyway. So, all that, what we said is obsolete. Sorry, you're Hold right. on, I'm leaving in my... I already uh, started this. I'm leaving in my point about it being bootleggers headquarters, even though it's patrolled by the British colony. There's got to be There's got to be some way these people... Why is the British allowing bootleggers and shit here? Unless, is, it, is prohibition not a thing in Britain at this time? It was. I don't think so. In Britain? Oh, probably Because remember the one island that Bill McCoy went to right, was a French-controlled island, and yeah, they, they didn't have liquor laws. They ain't fucking... Right. So, I mean, it makes sense, right? So I just answered my own question. All right. I already said she lived in the Lucerne Hotel. Yeah, she did. Blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. The bootleggers headquarters in Nassau. And I said colorful characters. No. Yeah, they did. No, you didn't. Oh. People described as colorful characters. Mm, colorful. That was their saying. Well, there's some colorful characters over there. Quote, unquote. Which, in another way of saying, them motherfuckers are some crooks. There's some racketeers. There's some villains up in that bitch. And they gather there <laughs> and they make deals. <laughs> some devilish deals. There's some bad mofos. The place was awash with cash with Jim Leggett uh, from Whiskey Magazine. He writes... Bar tabs were paid in $1,000 bills. Every human, every human, <laughs> every barman could give change. Oh, good for them. Damn. I'm thriving over there, huh? Think of that. Back in the day, 1920s, bar tabs were paid in $1,000 bills, and every barman could give change. Yeah. So that means 
they're making a lot of money. That means like right now when you go to Walmart you're or anywhere, they're going to give you change for no matter what you give them, right? Well, the, the highest thing you can give them is 100. I'm assuming that Walmart has to change for 100. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I mean. I can go to the local liquor store and probably get changed for a hundred. So right, right. Any but a thousand dollar bill? No, thousand dollar bill. I'm paying. I'm buying this twenty five cent pack of gum with this thousand dollar bill. You give me nine hundred ninety nine seventy five, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> that ain't fucking happening. <laughs> and in this fucking bar world, it would probably. Mm-hmm. It probably fucking definitely would. Was that pack of gum probably only cost a cent? Well, you figure how much we drinks. Fucking somebody bought a drink for fifty cents. Not even fifty. Probably cents. right. Oh, you know, 50 and cents. then fucking uh, paid like, with a thousand dollar bill. Sorry, right. that's all I got, brother. I want one shot of whiskey. That's, <laughs> right, that's a dollar. Probably, maybe. Yeah. Right. Well, I got this thousand dollar bill. Well, don't worry about that. I, I, got, I got you covered. I got you all day. I don't day. think they spoke like that in the Bahamas. <laughs> you plan on getting a thousand more shots? Go to the Bahamas. <laughs> right. <laughs> I got you 999 covered. Nine hundred ninety nine more shots. Nine hundred more shots. I got you covered. <laughs> well, the Bahamians developed a massive thirst for Scotch whiskey. Oh. In 1919, Scottish distillers landed Scottish just... Scottish whiskey? Have you ever had Scottish whiskey before? Oh, I've no. never had Scottish never whiskey. I've never had Scottish whiskey. I wonder how that tastes. Uh, probably pretty good. Mm. It's pretty bop- pretty popular. Well, the only whiskey that's even popular is... That's whiskey bourbon, though, is... Uh, right, whiskey bourbon. Jack Daniels. Right, Jack Daniels and uh, Jim Beam are wildly popular everywhere. What else is... There's no other In America, I'm willing to bet... Um, they're whiskey. I'm willing to bet Jack Daniels and um, Jim Beam aren't very popular overseas. They probably got all their own fucking. I don't think it's shit. whiskey though. It's gonna be fucking like some vodka. Shit. Obviously, is very popular in Europe. Anything clear yeah. in Europe is fucking very popular. Yeah, but the thing, is, yeah, that's the difference. We over here they don't like that dark. We liquor. over here, we kind of drink like. Clear beer, right? Beer, light beer, like light. Well, a even, Budweiser, even a Budweiser, a Budweiser, if you a Budweiser, Budweiser in a glass, you right. can kind of see through. But it. I'm saying, a but Bud over Wi- there, they're right. they're over there, their beer is oh. fucking black, oh, so pretty much. Guinness is a light beer over there. It's a light beer, that's, and it's what we drink over here, and then we think it's so fucking. I tough. guarantee you, people in Ireland or wherever Guinness is from don't drink Guinness Mm-mm. as their preferred uh, right uh, stuff. So I'm saying that's like a, a a sample of what you're gonna. They get. had to dumb it down for us and Americans. Most country the beer is warm. That or it's dark as hell. It's a fucking it's thick warm. malty. Like type of stuff. If you're at a bar, but on the flip and, side and of that, keg, our liquor—it's not, a, it's not a the keg. liquor that most Americans drink is dark liquor, right? Oh yeah. But the liquor that Europeans and shit drink it's is light. light liquor, so it's kind of like reverse for beer and liquor over which there and the over light, here. Which the light liquor is actually proven to be more healthier than the dark one because the dark liquor attacks your uh, heart and fucking uh, uh, your liver and all that. I mean, they all attack your liver, but this one does the kidneys, your heart, and your fucking. But the light liquor is what? Abdam- ab- abdominal and fucking uh, liver, which is the rest. Stick to beer. Don't fucking drink liquor, guys. Well, you can get light rum. Stick to beer. You can, beer- get, you can get white rum. Beer is 99% water. 99% water. The other 1% is hops, barley, and fucking... Uh, it's just fermented. Right. It's all it is is soaking in water. The only thing beer's going to give you is from the carbon, which would be uh, fat. <laughs> Big old beer belly. All right. Beer belly is gives you fat, which makes you lazy, and you could have, uh, uh, I guess, weight problems. 
and could, it I mean, could, it could lead to heart problems. The longevity of drinking 15 to 20 beers a day would a definitely day, fuck yes. with your heart and liver and all that good right. stuff. Right. Beer. Yeah. Whether or not there's still alcohol in the beer, that's your liver has to um, strain out. So if you're drinking in excess to right. the point that your liver can't strain let's all say, that shit out, then say, obviously it's going to affect you. You could drink 8 to 10 beers a night the rest of your life and be totally fine. Don't try to justify yourself. But I'm saying you can't. <laughs> No, I don't, don't, I don't. Don't try to don't try to justify your habits to make yourself I, feel better. I don't drink eight to ten beers a night, but I'm saying if I wanted to, I could. But still live regular, still eat three meals a day, still do everything. But if you're drinking, it's the same thing as you're replacing beer with, and that's I mean you're not going to hurt your body none. Now if you're drinking like ten beers and fucking between the hours of seven and I don't know, I always look at it every as every night and just partying. I always look at it as. What's better to drink? Six beers a night or or six beers a day throughout the whole day, whatever. Right. It just happens to be at night when right. obviously people are drinking beer. But right. six beers a day right. compared to... Day. It becomes a day, right? Six beers a day compared to six cans of Coca-Cola a day. Oh, fuck. Which one's, which one's less healthier? I'd rather have six. Obviously, any type of fucking soda is going to be way less healthier than a beer. Any type of soda. Any type of six soda. Six beers a day is for me. Right. I'll take that all day, every day. Against anything, mm. no matter what liquid you tell me. Well, besides water, ain't nothing healthier, healthier than tap water. Besides but. water, right? Well, besides tap water, that's not in the city. That shit is fucking chemicalized. Still, like it's still healthier than uh, anything else you're putting in your body, probably. Right. So, but either or, Bahamians develop a massive thirst for Scotch whiskey. As I was saying, in 1919, <laughs> Scottish distillers landed just over 900 gallons of the good stuff. Ooh, and the Nassau. good stuff. In 1920, the first year of Prohibition, the shipments added up to 386,000 gallons, dude. 386, 86. How, how many do you think uh, our buddy Bill McCoy was responsible for over there? Because uh, Nassau was his... Uh, uh, right there. His, I, uh, I his, his stomping you, grounds. I guarantee you uh, Gertrude and uh, the real McCoy had a little thing going on. Right. Well, anyway, Gertrude met streamers arriving from Europe. It's not streamers. Steamers. Hey, what do you stream on? YouTube? Yep. We'll Check out here. my Twitch handle, Twitch TV, <laughs> twitch.tv forward slash rum runner. Right. <laughs> Gertrude the rum runner. Rum, rum runner 8187. Right. And another kind of cop. Right. Anyway, Gertrude met steamers arriving from Europe to supervise the offloading. The offloading. The offloading. That's a classy way of saying it. When you're, when you're a major bootlegger, you say offloading. Hey, what are you guys offloading today? Aren't you supposed to be supervising the offloading of the high-quality booch? Booch. Booch. That's booch. We changed it to hooch because it sounded weird. Somebody wrote an H. Somebody wrote an H when they were saying or writing down hooch and then like went too far with the other part of the age so it looked like a b right so like, hey, what is this booch you guys speak of <laughs> what, what are you are you guys afloating the booch <laughs> what's how are you gonna afloat a booch i'd like to know that please <laughs> and is it high quality <laughs> and is it, oh it's definitely high quality well anyhow they're offloading high quality hooch all right she supervised it right well then she met with rum runners to strike deals. Mm, she so like, she's a deal maker too. Obviously, she was running this shit. Right. She Her knew. and Bessie were the deal makers. Of she this knew. Operation. Well, she knew. Uh, they're gonna fuck this shit up. Mm. We gotta go and fucking let this explain to these guys exactly how it needs to go for the best interests of all of us. Right. Well, she said, "I got the best liquor, guys. Nobody else better liquor than me, besides." Uh, 
McCoy. I was just gonna say, how how are they how is she gonna claim she has the best right. liquor? She knows damn well McCoy has. Is there anything called the real Lisco? That's what she said. She goes, I got the best liquor, guys. I got the real McCoy. <laughs> I got. The is there real anything McCoy called here. the real Gertrude? <laughs> no, no, that's not a fucking this, saying. This the is saying the real, is the real McCoy this, for a reason. This is the real Lithgow right here. <laughs> and we we got the real Gertrude right it's here. It's a Lithgow magic. This is we got the we got the real Gertie. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fuck is that Gertie or McCoy? Maybe. Right. Maybe, right? Is that Gertie or McCoy? I bet. Right. Maybe. It could be. Yeah, nope. she settled for nothing but the highest price That's for what her she said. so-called. Uh, She's like, I'm let you guys know liquor. right now. From here on out, we sell for nothing. And I mean nothing mm-hmm. but the highest price that you can fucking think of. All right. Well. Don't bring me back anything lesser right. price. She did too. She got it. Bootlegging was a male-dominated occupation, uh, and they had some it had some very rough characters in right. that occupation. But Lithgow could handle them, she says. One story tells of how she heard about a man bad mouthing her. She's like, "What the motherfucker?" Well, say? historian Sally Ling quotes Lithgow as saying, "Well, I found him in a barbershop with his face lathered, and I just walked right into him, and I told him I wanted to talk to him. I fetched right. him along to my office, and there I just warned him. I told him I'd put a bullet I put a bullet through him as sure as he sat there. He went away mighty quick," she said. Mm. Damn, look at her threatening motherfuckers. I will fucking kill you. You ever talk bad right. about me or or uh, trying to she undermine was, the she queen said, of rum running the camp? Said, I'm a woman. I could have easily walked up to you and slit your fucking throat. Right. Slit your throat right there. Right. And nobody would have done anything. I'm just let you know. So basically, from here on out, motherfucker, uh, don't do shit without uh, let me know. Well, he was bad mouthing her. All right. She's like, you keep my name out of your motherfucking right. mouth, or I will put a bullet right. in between your eyes. On, whenever you do anything, I, you you need to run past me, basically. No, she said that. She said, well, just don't what, talk shit about me. She should have said. She said, don't call me a cunt. From now on, okay? you're my bitch. From now on, you're my bitch. You work for me, bitch. I mean, right, right. Could have happened. Mm-hmm. Well, it was almost Christmas time. The year was 1923. No. Well, once the liquor, <laughs> <laughs> once the liquor was sold, it was loaded onto all manner of vessels that set sail for Eastern Seaboard. Like whatever's going up east, the United States. I don't give. A, yeah. Um. Like whatever's yeah, going east. Like whatever's going up that fucking seaboard from. I want Florida. I want a package on each of those ships from Florida to Maine. Right. Whatever's going that way, I want fucking something loaded on one of these ships. I don't give a fuck if it's going, going to Africa. There. I don't give a fuck if anything. Well, no, it's clearly east of the United States. Why would it be going to Africa? She's in. I forgot she was in the Bahamas. <laughs> Obviously. So the United States is west from her. All right. The way. Yeah. Okay. I get it. And they're going to the eastern I get seaboard it. of yeah, the United you're dumb States. Dumb cunt, because they're going to transfer. What do you mean? I'm the that. dumb cunt that I, I didn't confuse Africa. Oh, I get it now. You dumb fucking fucking bastard. Man. 1923, just before Christmas. The Guardian, no. No. It's not 1923, just before Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Once the liquor was sold, it was loaded onto all manner of vessels. Mm-hmm. The set we sail. This, the eastern seaboard, yeah. The eastern seaboard right. of the United States. Right. Yeah. Send for the eastern seaboard. For the eastern seaboard, right. Right. Like I just said, from Florida to Maine. Right. Florida to Maine, basically. <laughs> she was like, I want I want some uh, product on every one of those boats. By the way, any of these going to Africa? <laughs> no, ma'am. <laughs> no, you said <laughs> We're going to the eastern, eastern seaboard. Eastern seaboard of the United States. <laughs> She's like, oh, I knew that. Just making sure. <laughs> Just making sure you all were on your, uh, pe- mining your P's and Q's. All the ships were loaded with What does whisk? that mean? Right. Mining your P's and Q's. Your, uh, what does P's and Q's mean? It was uh, something in questions. What exactly are your P's and Q's? Why do you have to mine them? <laughs> Pints and quarts, in which case the phrase must originally refer to a landlord totting up a customer's tab. Oh, 
right? So right, if you're behind right. on your tab and a uh, mind your P's and Q's. if you're if right. you're behind on a tab in a bar or something, right. hey, you're gonna mind your P's and Q's. Right. Take care of your shit, pretty much. You Basically, know? yeah. Mind but then it then it then it's shipped into like Southern slang for manners, pretty right. much. Why don't you mind your P's and Q's? Right. right. Why don't you mind your P's and Q's? Why don't you take care of your take own care of your shit, right? You dumb cocksucker, idiots. Well, the ship's loaded with whiskey, rum, brandy. And anything else that might cause a buzz in American speakeasies anchored outside the three-mile Tetario limit. Which we covered in uh, the Bill McCoy episode, which was just beyond, it was rum row, yeah, right, right there. There, they waited for small boats to come alongside, obviously, yeah, and, and uh, load up with cases to be run ashore. Yes, they would. Well, just so, before. They were doing nothing illegal because they are in all international, international waters, waters the whole fucking time. The whole time. The whole fucking time. Well, until... Uh, they fucked Bill McCoy and extended the uh, international water fucking rule on him. Right. Well, that's McCoy's fault. Well, that's not his fault. Well, it's these guys' fault, probably. Well, just before Christmas 1923, the Guardian, which is a ship, carried a report describing what had become... Wait, the Guardian is a paper. My bad. Right. Carried a report describing what had become known as Rum Row. Right. Yes, so the bootleggers hired a pilot. To, yeah. The bootleggers hired a pilot called Monty to fly along Rum Road and chart the positions of the mothership so they could be found in the dark by people in small boats. Well, Monty's latest report showed that there were 22 ships anchored off the New Jersey shore carrying a vast supply of intended, vast supply intended to cheer New Yorkers at Christmas. However, hmm. little of this has been landed, and prices are soaring. He says. Really. So he's he's flying a plane. He's like, dude, we got all these planes ready to line up. We got all this alcohol ready for you guys to go to the eastern seaboard, not Africa, of Wait, the United States. So and they caught this guy, and he's that's what he said. No, obviously. It was a report from the paper. Yeah, how they get these report from him? He flew over. So well, obviously, he's the only one that knows. Apparently, uh, the report got somebody in the know. You know, reporters are dirty. They're fucking dirty just themselves. Probably got you somebody know. knows money. Parties with them, right? Right. right. Let's go join the legendary. Hey, yeah, yo. We talk about this fucking guy for. <laughs> Let's go. She told her gang. She was like, "I'm about to meet with somebody, and mm-hmm. after this, we're about to become the real McCoys." Right. They're like what? She's like, "You'll see." Well, she joined legendary Willie McCoy on one of the, his rum runs. Okay. Five thousand cases for finest scotch. They were taking. See, to he New only York. dealed in like whiskey, and right. I think it was just. Pretty right. much whiskey. She was yeah. selling scotch. Yeah, though. she was like, "I got this." I got this. So they took five thousand cases of her finest scotch to New York okay. with uh, William McCoy. The sailor and the trader became close friends. All with right. McCoy once describing Lithgow as a tall, slender girl with black hair, a brain as steady as her own dark eyes, mm. and a history that was nobody's business. Oh, you don't want to hear about her history. Total respect oh, there. They fucked. Definitely. 100%. Total respect there. 100%. Oh, yeah. 100%. Shit. Well, by my, the mid-1920s, look at old Bill McCoy uh, making an appearance in uh, old Gertie, nice. Gertie Lithgow's story. And he was the real McCoy. He was the real McCoy. Well, I, did I shit. told you he had uh, Bahamas by the stronghold. Well, got Lithgow, too. By the mid-1920s, uh, Gertrude Lithgow had risen to high celebrity status in the United States. Damn right. 1925, she developed a conviction that she was jinxed oh. and was about to be murdered, so she di- decided to quit the bootlegging trade. Damn right. Well, in June 1926, the Fairmount News in Indiana published a story describing her as involved in a trade that, quote-unquote, brought her Paris gowns and jewels as big as hen's eggs oh. and that respect of the hardest-boiled bootleggers on the Atlantic seaboard because she thinks her lucky star has set. Oh, so they're fucking mm. mocking this bitch. A jinx has tracked her down. from the paper, by the way. Right. A jinx has tracked her down from her whiskey throne in Nassau. Through the most luxurious hotels of European capitals. 
through the glamorous newspaper publicity, through hectic romances, to the loneliness of a New York hotel suite, where she can hide from the world and recover her lost nerve and possibly her health. You know what? Even though it's clearly a sensational story and these journalists doesn't know shit about her, look at the way they wrote. Right. You would never see that nowadays. No. It's just fucking stupid words. Most of the times you look up stories right. and they're not even, shit's not even spelled right. Right. Like at least reporters tried to write. Well, and then plus. Tried they, to write. Uh, and they did her good because she was a woman and they were like, you know, this, this is the bad bitch right here. They wrote her well. If it was just a fucking a housewife or something, they'd be like, oh. Right. It would have been two sentences. Well, for Lithgow, after that, she faded from the public sight and spent the rest of her life in hotels. For 25 years, she How was... How they know that? Well, for 25 years, she was a resident in the luxurious Hotel Tuller in Detroit. Nice. She worked on writing her autobiography, The Bahama Queen, the autobiography of Gertrude Cleo Lithgow. She was Cleo. And it was published in 1965. Well, unfortunately for Gertrude Cleo Lithgow, she died in Los Angeles in June of 1974 at the age of I mean, 86. she was 86. She lived a long life. She did a lot of things. And she, obviously, she got to see the world. She was in the Bahamas, Detroit, and then California. I mean, come on. Good for her. Dude, 1974? Good for her. Good for her. She went from the late 1800s to 1974. What 86, a fucking life. 86 years old, bud. What a life. Right. That's what I'm saying. She got to see she, everything. She, she literally everything. experienced every everything. every technological advancement of the 21st or the 20th century she saw take 19, place. 1974, yeah. We had she everything. went from no, probably no electricity in her early, early, early Obviously. days. Maybe she did, but yeah, um, it was sure. scarce in a lot of places. Right. To electricity everywhere. Cars driving on the road now. Um, phones. Fucking. Train. Up until, I mean, I well, train yeah, up until <laughs> movies. <laughs> Um, right. music now on the radio yeah, TVs, all the time. TVs yeah. up till planes and World War One and World War Two and the the whole Vietnam War almost right. fucking. I mean, geez. both Vietnam Wars, both well, Vietnam Wars, Vietnam War. <laughs> oh, not both, both World Wars, the Vietnam War. Vietnam War ended in like seventy six, so she right. she died a couple years but before. She's seen all that. that. What she's seen, yeah, she's seen, she's seen both World shit. Wars. Right. The rise of Los Angeles. She's seen Titanic, think. Right. Well, she heard about it. And right. Well, she's seen it. That'd she be might pretty have. amazing she if she did. Fucking seen that shit. <laughs> be pretty fucking amazing. She's so the one that took that all shit. those pictures. <laughs> she took the picture of the famous well, she was supposedly. Right. But yeah, eighty six years old, nineteen eight, nineteen seventy four. What a I hell mean, of a fucking life, dude. I mean, right. Hell of a life. Right. Good for her. Hmm. She did things. And really good for all these uh, yeah. women that we just covered here. Right. We really, you really hear about the women of, especially prohibition. I mean, they seem decent. We don't know about vicious murderings or anything. I mean, I'm sure they did, but they're not here. <laughs> right. We didn't have no vicious. Well, one got viciously murdered. Right. But other than that, uh, yeah, they were just, they were what women are. Pretty much bosses and fucking. Right. Uh, Ran that shit right. Right. Ran that so, shit right and got caught on stupidity. Yeah. Maggie Bailey, queen of the mountain bootleggers over there in Kentucky. Yeah, she did. The rum win. running queen, also known as Willie Carter Sharp, running shit in Virginia. That was fantastic. And uh, one of the very first the Hooch uh, Hunter. Prohibition. Lady Hooch. Lady Lady Prohibition. Lady Hooch Hunter. Right. Daisy Simpson, Agent Daisy Simpson, yep, working in Chicago, New York, San Francisco, uh, multiple disguises to arrest people on the spot. Then Get we it. had old Miss Bessie. 
Bessie Stockman. Canada's most famous woman. Well, uh, it became a story about Rocco. Legger. But what are you going to do? About what? About oh, Rocco. No. <laughs> it did. It didn't. It took over Rocco. Well, you made it take over Rocco. <laughs> Rocco. <laughs> Rocco. Hey, Rocco. Oh. But that bitch got murdered by she her husband, Dinner. Right. So Rocco and has then, something uh, to do. Yeah, what well, we just got done. Oh, Gertrude Lithgow. Let's probably go. the most. I'll say uh, probably the most amazing story that we uh, right. did so far. Fitting that we saved it for. I'm talking about in the in the women category, right? It's not so far, right? Right, but uh, this is, no, this is so all far tonight. This is all the women category. <laughs> Besides uh, Bonnie, I don't think we'll cover a lot of too many uh, women outlaws after this. To be honest with Maybe. you, maybe there's a yeah. few. I don't know about that, but yeah, that was the women of your prohibition era. I'm, pl- I'm sure there's many more. Nice little, uh, nice little, it's decent. Nice little uh, getaway from all the famous guys that you hear about. You never hear about right. the women uh, right. that were badasses back then, but right. and I can totally see it too. These bitches fucking ran shit. I guarantee it. <laughs> fucking ran shit. They ran shit. They was bitches and they ran <laughs> shit. Kidding. That's gonna do it for this episode. I think next week. I'm not even promise anything because I've been no. saying we're going to have the smorgasbord for the last no, two weeks and then something happens. But that's always going to be the last show, so you know that's the well. Point. No, the last show is always going to be the impact of right. prohibition, well, what it did change. on the nation, and all well, that it's stuff. Got to but, transfer to the other. Um, we'll see what we uh, come up with. You'll see it on social media. You can go follow us at OGMM Podcast on Twitter, and that'll be the updates for all the upcoming shows, what we're going to do, and anything new with our show. Also. Over on the Bang and Dang Show, our other podcast that we do separately from the Creative Control Network, where we just take random news stories, anything Whatever. that's going on in sports, For the past week. music. Yeah, in the past, the week that we do it, every Friday we release it, and right. whatever's happened in the last week that we release our show, we just fucking talk about. Could be politics, could be sports, could anything. be news, Never anything know. stupid, anything. Always a dumb criminal in there somewhere. So, uh, right. And pretty much just us. Like you've seen tonight, kind of was like a bang-dang type pretty much show because we went off in all these other directions <laughs> that typically happens in uh, yeah. the bang-dang show. But, yeah, that's over yeah. there at the bang-dang show, wherever you get your podcast. And we'll be back next week for another episode of The Outlaws and Gunslingers exclusively here on the Creative Control Network. We're the Mouth of Michiganders with Bang-Dang! <laughs>